Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to HealthWise 360 with Christy Cordingly. Enjoy. So hi, and welcome to this episode of HealthWise 360, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I'm your show host, Chrissy Cordingly, and you'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and 100 other smart TV apps. The audio version of this interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcast. And today I'm really, really excited to be interviewing Brad Ritter, who is one of the world's leading experts on performance. He is the author of the best-selling book, School of Grit, Unlock Your Potential Through Purposeful Adversity. After graduating from Kokoro Camp in 2015, He wanted to find a way to serve others, help people take control of their lives, and get unstuck. He accomplished this through a proven system that focuses on your physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and warrior spirit. His mission is to build a warrior class community, and that is why he created the School of Grid. Welcome, Brad. So excited to have you on. Hey, Chrissy. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I love your book. So I do have a copy, which you know, and it is an excellent book. So let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about the camp. So what made you decide to attend this camp? And maybe just enlighten people on what Kokoro Camp actually is. Yeah, so uh, Kokoro Camp is modeled after uh, Navy SEAL training. Full disclosure, I don't want to be a Navy SEAL. I didn't want to be a Navy (laughs) SEAL. But I realized, wow, they, they put themselves through some uh, very strenuous stuff and considered very mentally tough, physically fit, emotionally resilient. And I, I thought, man, I want to, I want a piece of that. Could I, you know, if I could just learn a little bit. So I went to uh, YouTube in the, in the interwebs and and found this place called Kokoro Camp, which is put on by um, a former Navy SEAL named uh, Mark Devine. Yep. I think, he, I think he was in for about 20 years and it's modeled after Hell Week, which if you know anything about SEAL training, um, Hell Week is usually in first phase. And it's, it's about a week long, hardly any sleep, you know, they do feed you, but it's just constant, constant movement. And, you know, I thought about that. I'm like, how could someone stay up for almost a week and doing just the, the craziness that the instructors are putting them through? So this camp um, is, is modeled after, like, like, like I said, but it's, it's 50 hours. So uh, still very tough, but it's not the full week. It's, it starts on a Friday, ends on a Sunday and uh, zero sleep pushed me to the brink, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And, uh, and I was, look, I was doing my research and you probably thinking like, why would, why would you want to do something like that? Was, was the question. And, um, you know, I'm 43 now, but I was in my early thirties when, when I first saw that video and you know what, I came to the realization, Chrissy, that, um, and maybe some of your listeners or viewers might, uh, agree with this, like life had just gotten, um, kind of soft and I was too comfortable. I mean, really, that's what it was too comfortable. I like a little bit of comfort, but um, there's a saying that comfort can also be a slow death. And I just, I wasn't, uh, wasn't really growing uh, professionally, let's say. And I was just kind of stuck. I uh, felt like my, I, I was in a, uh, uh, a washing machine, so to speak, you know, just continuing to run that cycle. And I just needed something to, to snap me out. And I thought, well, maybe I'll go run a marathon or, you know, do something like that. But I, I want something that would change like the whole person. I wanted a, a complete transformation and man, that's, that's exactly what I got. So uh, that's, that's why I went there though, was just, I, I did a, a, a stock realization of, of where I was at and uh, 
and it made sense. You know, I was for, I, I am so fortunate because a lot of people I talk to and I get to meet, they have these incredible backgrounds, have probably gone through just loads of adversity, trauma. I didn't have any of that crap. I had a great childhood. Yeah. Um, parents still married. Uh, oldest of four were all super tight. Like family was a very, very strong rock for me, fortunately. So I had that. And I didn't have to, you know, battle um, disease, cancer, didn't never had to get, get, get deployed. So I consider myself very lucky in that fact. But um, character is, is forged through adversity. And I just knew like up until that point, I hadn't uh, hadn't pushed myself. Yeah, I didn't know what I was capable of. I was I was playing small ball and um just I wanted to go big. Go big or go home, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the like obviously it would have been physically challenging, but you sort of touched mm-hmm. on emotional. What were some of the surprising benefits of going through that process once you came back to home and your your real life? What were some of the things that were maybe weren't weren't going to be what you expected out of your transformation, but you're super happy that they did. Oh gosh. Just, you know, when you go to a place or you have an event that literally like takes everything away from you, um, you come, you come back and you're, you're very, um, you're more patient for Mm -hmm. sure. So I noticed an increased patience with uh, my wife and also my kids. It's that two little ones. And I was the type of dad that at that point, you know, it was, if someone spilled milk, you know, the, I would, <laughs> chances are I'd have a knee jerk reaction. Well, gosh, it's not like they tried to spill the milk, you know? So, so yeah, it gave me, it gave me uh in, increased patience. I learned uh, some mental toughness tactics out there too, that I still employ to this day. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. share one of them right now. It was, yeah. uh, uh, we, we were getting ready to, we were getting ready to form up and we knew the event was going to start. And we had in walked in a, a guy who um, I believe he was on, seal team six and um he he said you know you will be successful this weekend if you can do these three things and these three things only and i'm like oh this is this is great this is why i'm here man i'm gonna learn the the secret to life right here you know (laughs) and he said first i want you to breathe i want you to breathe and then i want you to think and then i want you to execute he's like Mm -hmm. if you can breathe you can think you can execute it's like you'll have no problem getting through this weekend we're not going to tell you to do something that hasn't been done before mm-hmm. where you're going to get yourself into trouble is if you stop breathing or you're not thinking correctly you're not thinking you're 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 reacting instead of responding like with that child uh, analogy i used earlier so um i i use that every day every day every day i'm faced with uh something strenuous or, you know, I'm on a call that, you know, what a client, let's say that's maybe getting heated or, you know, whatever, whatever it could be. Uh, I just remember, like, I always check in with myself. Hey, where's my breath right now? Where's my breath? Yeah. Chances are I'm probably holding it. Most of us hold our breath. So that's, that's an easy one that, um, that you can employ right now. It's just check in, check in with your breath. It's going to help regulate yourself. It's going to give you that momentary, um, even if it's just a quick second, just to think, because our brains are so fast. You, we, we can usually think of a better a better answer than if we just go with like the knee jerk, boom, and then it's out there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we don't breathe and think, it's like the lizard part of our brain, right? Like our primal piece just, just responds with whatever. But if you breathe, then it activates a different part of your brain where there's actual critical thinking and thought, and then you're being more purposeful in your response, which is, which is amazing. So 
what, so now you've created the school of grit. So how do you define grit and how does someone grow it? Is it simply physical? Is it a bunch of different things? Share a little bit about grit. Yeah, I think it's a bunch of different things. And, you know, my definition of grit has, has evolved and changed uh, over the years. So I, I first got started down this path. Uh, Kokoro Camp was a big accelerator, but what got me to to go and start questioning grit was actually a book called Grit, was which was written by Angela Duckworth. She's awesome and amazing. I love mm-hmm. following her stuff. And um, you know, her definition of grit's the power, passion of perseverance to achieve long term goals. And um, I took her grit score or scale. I guess you could say it's a quiz. I didn't score too well. And I thought, man, I'm tough, right? I'm a, I'm a score. No, I, I did not. I did not score high. And I'm a competitive person. And I thought, man, why is that? And I looked, I looked at the way the questions were asked and it was really me. I was, I was that person that um, I'd start strong, but then when the next shiny object came along or if the going got super tough or it was taking longer than I thought, I'd move on. I, that's just, that's just how I had operated. I thought, man, there's something here and uh, I want to grow my grit. Is that a real thing? And it absolutely is. Like she talks about it in her book. And um, so my definition of grit, which has evolved over time, there's, it's a four parter. So hang on here. Yeah. So, so I say it's uncommon perseverance in the face of adversity backed by a strong why to achieve a worthy goal. Oh, so like let me, yeah, let me break yeah, that do down. It again. Yeah. Do it yeah, again. So, so uncommon perseverance, right? That's that's uh, that's effort. That's doing the work, right? Um, someone could show you the playbook. Someone to keep, teach you the secret to life, but you got to do the work. At the end of the day, you have to do it. I can't do it for you. Chrissy can't do it for you. You know, those books aren't going to do it for you. That might get you motivated, but you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. So it's uncommon perseverance in the face of adversity, because I really think that's where you, that's where the metal, that's where the metal hits, right? It's where the rubber meets the road. And, um, that's when you're, that's when, that's when you really get tested every, when it's sunny and it's like, like here in Indiana, it was 70 yesterday. (laughs) Very easy to go work out today when it's 12, (laughs) not so much. (laughs) I don't want to go out there. Heck no. So adversity is a key accelerator of that. I think, I think you got to have that to, um, to really, to really grow your grit and then backed by a strong why, um, you know, you've probably heard that. Lots of times, I think that's it's uh, pretty pretty common. Simon Sinek wrote a book on it. Um, start with why, but just you know anything you're doing, ask yourself why three to five times, and you'll get to the root cause of why you're really doing it. And if you can't answer it, then it's like okay, well maybe maybe this doesn't serve me any longer, and it's time to quit or give it up. That's not necessarily a bad thing either. And we can talk about that later if you want, because I do believe there's a difference between quitting and giving up. Mm-hmm. And then the last one's to achieve a worthy goal. So you know it's February. A lot of us um, probably had, you know, it's new year, you got new goals. Well, where are you at with those goals? Check in with them. Are you, are you staying on that track or have you already abandoned them? There could be reasons why that, that could be good. It could be bad. It just depends. But those goals need to be worthy. They need to fit you. They, um, they need to be important. They need to be timely. Uh, they need to be specific and they need to fit your overall mission. So that's, that's my definition for grid. I break it down into, into, into four parts there. Oh, I love it. Can we, you did mention that. And actually I do want to talk about that difference between giving up and quitting because I just learned recently that quit the word comes from a Latin word that actually means to have peace. So like there's a difference between just 
giving up on something and then realizing something isn't for you. Because I think sometimes in this culture, we have this like bash yourself through it, no matter how harmful it may be for you. And it's recognizing what is good adversity to have and what's strengthening adversity or what's a good process taken. And then when's the time to shift and pivot. So share that. I would love that. Yeah, I, I think it's you, you you explain that very well. So uh, there's a huge difference between uh, quitting and, and giving up. Quitting is great, actually. I think people need to get into a better habit of quitting and saying no to things. Um, however, I'm not saying to give up, you know, quit on the things that really matter, because that kind of leads to the more of the, the, the giving up piece. And I think the the key ingredient there is is that uh part in grit that i explain and that's the why like what what is the real why behind this hey i've quit lots of crappy relationships in my life which were good like very much needed i've quit some bad jobs that just didn't fit and didn't align um at the time did i think i was making a mistake maybe because i was kind of raised like hey you don't quit no matter what blah 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 but wow was it the right move because i wouldn't be here talking to you, doing what I'm doing today, had I not made those necessary moves and changes. That takes a lot of courage. In fact, I think it takes a lot of grit to quit, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, and then, but then giving up, giving up to me is, I think there's a few things maybe in your life that kind of fit this, this little area, let's say, or this container on giving up. These are things that matter to you so much. It's like, I'd, I'd die before um, I'm doing it like, and that's different for everybody. But like, for me, that's, that's my family. Like family is core to me. So am I going to give up on my wife and kids? Hell no. You know, I'm going to go through hell for them. Absolutely. You know, um, if you are lucky enough to discover, uh, you know, your, your purpose, let's say, and, and you're, you're, you're working towards that. And maybe it's not your full-time job yet, but it's something that you work on at night or in the morning. It's a passion project. Heck no, man. I'm not going to give up on that. I, I believe in it so much, you know, that no way I'm not going to give up. So it can be hard at times. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's why you get asked those, ask yourself those questions, you know, and if sometimes you got to get out of your own head too. So I'll listen the help of someone else. Just grab someone's ear and say, Hey, I got to get this out of my head. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it helps hearing, you know, a completely different, you know, viewpoint, someone that doesn't know your background, you know, they don't know you. Yes. Yes. I think that's really good. Um, So now you wrote this book, The School of Grit, sort of about your experience and sort of the lessons that you've learned through life. So when someone reads this book, what is the most important takeaway you hope that they walk away with? Yeah. uh, So I have a tagline in in School of Grit, and that's that's do hard things, Mm -hmm. do hard things. So um, I, I hope after reading this book that people would um, invite purposeful adversity into their life. And that's the subtitle. Um, I'm not saying you want to invite uh, training or events or things that could get yourself potentially injured or harm Mm -hmm. someone else. There's a time and a place maybe for that. But I'm I'm talking about stuff that's going to make you grow because how we grow as human beings is through discomfort, is through pain. I mean, look at anything anything you've accomplished where you're like, yeah, you know, I, I did that. I guarantee it wasn't easy. I guarantee it. I guarantee there are times you wanted to quit, give up, throw the talent, but you didn't. That's what I'm talking about. And we need to do more of that because, um, and I don't know if it's just me, but I, th- I think we've gotten pretty soft as a society, just based off 
you know, I don't, I don't list, I don't look at the news. I'm hardly on social media that much, but I see what goes, goes on. You all do too. And, um, that's not real life for the most mm, part. No. Yeah, yeah. At least I don't think it is. And no, um, it's not. I was yeah, reading a study it. the other day that, uh, it's social media and some of those loud voices. It's like, maybe 20% of society actually feels that way. So it's interesting. Yeah. It, I, th- I think it is, you know, very interesting. And I mean, back to like the, the, the soft part, I mean, you know, there's, there could be a reason for that technology, I think has had a big deal with that. I mean, think about it. We just live in a world where I can order food and it'll be delivered in 30 minutes maybe, <laughs> or, 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 or less. I can order something from Amazon. It'll get here in a day. If I want to call someone, I got I got this thing. I don't mm-hmm. have to go to a pay. F- I mean, I remember pay phones and, you know, all that, all that stuff. Computer. I remember typewriter. I, I learned how to type on an actual <laughs> typewriter, you know, so now I'm really showing my age. But that's that's what I'm talking about. It's like it's just gotten so convenient, so easy. I think it's easy to lose the joy of hard work and being like, yeah, I I built that, you know, or I, I did that or instead of riding uh, the but I I walked here, you know, or I ran, yeah. or I rode my bike, you know, that type thing. Yes, definitely. So tell me a little bit. You talk in your book and in your work about the difference between optimal and peak performance. Can you share a little bit about what the differentiators are and when you would use either one? Yeah. So um, I'll I'll use an example just from my my own life. So Kokoro, which was Kokoro Camp, which I went to, um, that was a one of the pinnacle points in my life so that was that was peak performance for me I um I basically kind of put my life on hold and and was I had to be selfish you know to my wife and because I had to train I had to train my Mm -hmm. butt off because a lot of it is physical there's minimum standards you had to go just to even get just to qualify to even go um so I, I literally put my life on hold for for six months and uh and just trained man trained my butt off and uh you know, people who out out there who probably do um, triathlons know a little bit about what I'm talking about. It's like if you're not working, you're training because you just, you got to get you got to get that training in. And mm-hmm. when's that going to happen? Well, morning, lunch, evening. Dad's not around. Where's he at? Well, he's training. You know, so that's that that was a peak performance time. But what happens every time you're at peak? There's a valley mm-hmm. every single time. So think about. Uh, you know, the last race you completed that meant something. Think about the last big goal you accomplished that meant something. There's always a little bit of a lull or a depression. Um, I've heard it referred to as the arrival fallacy. You get there and it's like, well, now what? You know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the view from the top's awesome because it, su- it would suck to do all that work and you get up there and it's like, this view sucks. I shouldn't have done this. But more often than not, we get there, we look, we're like, yep, I did it, check the box. But now it's like, now what do I do? So that's that's peak, and it's it's not sustainable, I don't think, day in day out. At, mm-hmm. Like if you if you keep going down that path, at some point you're going to burn out. Like it's mm-hmm. just we're all human. We're not cyborgs. Well, not yet. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's coming in the future, which is some of the stuff I've seen. Yeah, here lately in the Chat news. Chat GPT. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was telling my wife about that. I was like, have you, have you heard of this? Like, yeah, check this out. You see what they're saying about this? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that so that's peak. What I, what my coaching, what I offer, what I preach is optimal. Because I don't want you to burn out. I want you to continue to grow. Like, just get 
1% better every day. Yeah. You know, don't go max out. So I'm going to throw this out. And I love, I love CrossFit because I love what it's done for uh, the fitness community. Um, so I'm not bashing CrossFit at all here, but mm. I, what do I see a lot when I go to uh, different CrossFit boxes? Max effort. Mm-hmm. all the time like running and gunning and to me there's a place for that but if you do that too much what happens injury yeah burnout so you just got to know um you know what those limits are push yourself but don't go ma- you don't have to go max effort every time no yep. no there's an analogy i really like about valleys and peaks you know peaks are great because you can see so much more. And I think it's really just a place where you can see where you might want to go to next, but there's not a lot of growth up there, right? Usually peaks right. are just cold and barren. It's just snow or nothing. Um, but the valley is where all the growth is, right? So you got to go down and do the work. And that's actually in some of those periods of rest, that's where a lot of things start to flourish within you. So you can go to the next peak when you're ready, but. Yeah. I love um, that analogy. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's not mine. So feel free to use it as your own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything I say is researched. Uh, well, you, you, you know, it's funny about that. Cause I, I believe that too. It's like yeah. all the books that come out, me, myself included. It's like a lot of this is just regurgitated <laughs> stuff. That's probably been around a thousand years, yes. but what people dig is uh, they like your voice or the way you present it or you, you know, you know what I mean? So I get it. Your flair. Yeah. Your flair. Totally yeah. Your flair. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. And we're human. We need to be repeated at how many hundreds of times before we do things sometimes. So tell us a little bit about your coaching business and your actual school of grit. Cause it's not just a book. You have a, like an actual program that you put people through. So what do people experience when working with you? And maybe you can also share a little bit about your community that you call your coaching tribe. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm excited about this because this is this is the next iteration of of what we're doing. So the book came out, which is which is great, and you know continuing to uh, to put to push that. But to me, um, where can I have the most impact and transformation? And that's working one on one with people. Actually, one on many. I I'm just I do mostly group coaching, mm-hmm. and it's done uh, virtual through Zoom. And School of Grit set up like a school. So um, all right, let me back up. So our mission is to train, um, educate, and transform um, individuals into, um, you know, that that hidden modern-day warrior, because I think everybody's got a little warrior in them. And, uh, and the purpose of that is to be the best version of yourself, to be able to uh, show up for yourself, protect yourself, protect others, and just realize your God-given purpose and not being afraid to go after that. So that's what we do inside the tribe. And um, it's not just the Brad show. So yes, I, I have a couple <laughs> um, calls per month that that I do, but uh, every week there's about three calls, and it's mostly I have an awesome, awesome group of uh, experts and cadre and instructors, and we talk about uh, the five I call them the five mountains that you, mm-hmm. that you referred to earlier. So we talk about you know of course physical. So we we talk about training, we'll do some programming, but it's much more than that. We'll we'll go into mental toughness. We'll go deep into mental toughness uh, techniques. Uh, we we don't avoid emotional at all. So you know that's that's the, usually the place that people don't like to talk about at parties, but uh, but we do, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the most growth happens. So we go emotional, uh, intuition, like you talked about, and then uh, that warrior spirit, which which is a two pronger for me. So warrior spirit, yes, realizing your your purpose, identifying that, working towards that. 
Um, but then also spiritual. We talk we touch on the spiritual side too. So we do talk about uh, you know God, our relationship with God. Um, but it's it's uh, it's it's whole person, whole body. And the reason I say it's set up like a school is you you uh, you en- you enlist, you enroll, and uh, you you know you sign up for the classes you you want to. And if you don't care about the other ones, cool, no no worries. All the calls are recorded. How's on a secure network? And it's uh it's a blast. I, I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. And then I teach workouts every Saturday morning as well from um right now from my garage. But we've nice. got um yeah, it's it's that's that's the other piece is just getting ready to, you know, putting some sweat, sweat equity in with, with each other. It's a lot of fun. And I've got a uh, plan on doing my first live event actually in September. Yes. Which is gonna be a lot of fun as well. And that's gonna be an in person one, right? That will be the first, you know, total in-person one. Yeah. And I think I got the location um, set up. But the idea behind that is I want a little, little bit of the book to come to life. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not a, one of those places you'd go to get beat down and stuff, but I want, um, I want to teach tactics, tools. So, um, you know, we could have, I could teach, for instance, a seminar on mental toughness, which I break down to four components. Uh, breath control, positivity, visualization, goal setting. Cool. We have the classroom part. Now let's go tackle it. We're going to do something that probably scares a lot of you. We're going to go rappel this eighty-foot tower, <laughs> but I'm going to do it with you. You know. Yes. So we're going to we're going to we're going to learn and we're going to do. So stuff like that. I think it's going to be um, a lot of fun. So I cannot wait to bring that to the community. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. So where can people find you, Brad? Yeah, if you go to schoolofgrit.org you should you'll be you'll be able to find all my stuff there and it's .org not .com because I don't own that domain and I'm not going to buy it um at least not right now so <laughs> school get expensive yeah yeah they can get very expensive so school <laughs> somebody beat me to the punch right uh yeah yeah so schoolofgrit.org they'll they'll find information on uh joining the tribe uh information on the book if you just want to email me, it's brad at schoolofgrit.org. I reply to all um, emails that I get. So um, I take those serious. Perfect. That's the easiest way to find me. Awesome. We'll put all of that in the show notes. And are there any last thoughts or things you would like the audience to know about you or the work you do or something that they should maybe take away from this today? Yeah. If you're if you're listening right now and, and you like what you hear, um, don't wait do something about it. So uh, do something that sucks is what I like to say. Do something that sucks every day. And it doesn't have to be hard. It could be waking up 10 minutes earlier than you normally do. It could be ending your warm shower with a cold shower. It could be reading 10 pages. I don't know. Whatever sucks to you, like do it because that's where the growth happens. And you'll find if you consistently do that day in, day out, you might actually start to like it a little bit. So there you go. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brad. It was so exciting having you on and just everybody go check out the schoolofgrit.org. Thanks, Chrissy. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this episode of HealthWise 360 here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends.